1: chumbacasino.com Jumba. No the bylaw. Eighteen plus Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Order shipments? Check. Virtual meeting? Check. Schedule Heart Checkup. Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the Greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe.
1: Hey everybody and welcome to the billboard.com pop shop podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me is billboard.com senior editor, Katie Atkinson.
2: Hello. Hello. How How are are
1: you? you? Hello. Hello me. (laughs) Joke will never get old. Um, The Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. On this week's show, it's our very special Grammy Awards preview spectacular featuring Josh Groban! Woo! Yeah! Uh, of course, the Grammy Awards are on February 15th, and Katie and I will both be there, as will current nominee Josh Groban. All together, hanging out. All together. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> never know. Um, he's nominated this year for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album for Stages, and we spoke to him about his new live album, Stages Live, his Grammy nomination, what he'll be wearing to the show, possibly Jorts. 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 Yeah, he seemed uh, confident about that. He seemed very pumped about that. Um... <laughs> his upcoming tour with sarah mclaughlin and much much more um also on the show we'll be chatting about what performances we're most looking forward to on the grammy awards and who we might think will win in the big four categories album of the year record of the year song of the year and best new artist now in any normal week that would be enough for the show right
2: but not this grammy's done grammy's done In out grammy's
1: This week, uh, (laughs) some stuff happened. Um, In addition to all that Grammy chatter, we'll be talking about how Zayn Malik... Or just Zane debuts at number one on the Billboard Hot One Hundred with Pillow Talk. How Rihanna zooms to number one on the Billboard Two Hundred Albums chart with Anti, and Beyonce decided to Beyonce everybody and drop a new single on Saturday, the day before she performed it on the Super Bowl. It's called Formation. You may have heard of it.
2: And then she also Beyonceed the halftime performance by announcing a tour right after that. So as,
1: as Beyonce does. Only
2: Beyonce, Beyonce can Beyonce is, is now synonymous with surprise. <laughs> She's, she she,
1: she, is, she has redefined uh, the rollout of music. Yep. Days. Uh, so we'll be talking about all that stuff. But first, uh, some housekeeping notes. If you enjoy the podcast, why don't you subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode? And give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at keith underscore caulfield or at kt atkinson and if you want to explore more podcasts from billboard visit itunes.com slash billboard podcasts so uh, first up, Zayn debuts at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. We'll get to all the Grammy chatter in just a bit. I thought we'd start off with all the chart stuff first, and then segue to the the Grammy talk. Uh, Zayn debuts at number one. Were you were you were you
2: expecting this? Katie? Mm, no, <laughs> no, you weren't. Why? <laughs> I guess I underestimated the power of the Zayn fans. The clearly. power of Zayn. Um, you know, it. I, I was a little surprised,
1: and I I'm saying this from a, a chart perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, just because one direction never had a number 1 single
2: yeah and i very vividly remember the drag me down week when they did you know everything by the books kind of like zane did the friday night or the thursday into friday night friday morning release right and yeah having the full week tracking week and yep and really going for it and i think they were top 5 but yeah with that but yeah um the number 1 always eluded them and and now here's zane yeah you know solo and doing it pillow talking so, his way to number 1 pillow talking his way to number 1 um it's the
1: 25th single to debut at number 1 i believe is the stat that gary uh, quoted that is a really small number yeah well the first song to debut at number 1 was michael jackson's you are not alone wow so it it, it didn't become a thing to do until the modern era 1995 yeah, yeah. The modern era yeah it was very difficult it still is difficult
2: maybe maybe easier with the internet and streaming etc yes, yes certainly now yes um it but is it's still not easy no it's not easy <laughs> at all it's
1: it's achievable yeah and it most recently happened before zane when adele's hello did it mm-hmm. so it's happened a couple times mm-hmm. uh, relatively recently but yeah. still it's not a normal occurrence yeah uh, which makes it all the more striking. Yeah. Uh, Pillow Talk sold uh, hundred, two hundred and sixty-seven thousand downloads in its first week. And uh, it had 22.3 million U.S. streams, which is the fourth largest streaming start ever on our streaming songs chart. Uh, I hear he's popular. <laughs> um, Zane is the first U.K. artist to debut at number one on the Hot 100 with their first charting single ever. <laughs> So, out of of those 25 debuts, he is the first UK act to debut at number one with their first charting entry. Wow. Yeah. He's the third UK act to start at number one overall, following Adele, who we just talked about, and Elton John, when he debuted at number one with Candle in the Wind, 1997, something about the way you look tonight. In 1997. (laughs) In all the Zayn craziness, uh, there's another debut in the top ten. Drake debuts in the top ten with his new single, Summer 16 it's his 6th song to debut in the top 10 and his highest as a debut as a de- as <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and his highest debut as a lead artist uh he previously debuted higher as a featured act on Lil Wayne's She Will which bowed at number 3 in 2011 you may wonder where Summer 16 actually debuts in the top 10 it debuts at number 6
2: number one on the hot R&B slash hip-hop songs chart. Indeed. He replaces himself at number yes. one. Yes, yep. Because
1: uh, work... He's the featured artist on work right. from Rihanna. Which was number one last mm-hmm. week, which debuted at number one last week. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, we assume that this song might be on his new album, uh, Views from the Six, uh, which is allegedly going to come out in April.
2: It's not smart to assume these things.
1: <laughs> we also assume that all sorts of tracks from Rihanna last year would be on her new album, and then they yeah. weren't.
2: Yep. We also assumed that Drake would release Fuse for the Six last year, when instead he released an entirely different album. And he put out Hotline Bling, which is still not on an album yet. It's still floating in the ether. It's a brave new world
1: we are right now (laughs) in the music business. Speaking of uh, brave new world, Rihanna, uh, as forecasted, her album Anti zips to number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, with 166,000 equivalent album units uh, earned in the week ending February 4th. Uh, And... Of that figure, pure album sales were 124,000. Uh, people might be wondering if that number seems a little low for Rihanna, and it and, and it is. But I would imagine that the fact that the album was free uh, for a week prior to that—yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a full week; it was like a like less than a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, like, you know, it moved a lot of free units. Yes. So. That may have had something to do with how, you know, its 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 debut sales week, its sort of full debut sales week, is a little soft for Rihanna standards. Right. But still number one. That said, it's still number one. Yep. So she still has most popular album in the U.S. this week. Uh, Rihanna previously uh, hit number one on the Billboard 200 with her last studio album, uh, 2012's uh, Unapologetic. Uh, it started with 238,000 sold. So already right there, this is more than 100,000 copies less than her last album. That said, this had a very unique rollout. So I think, you know, all bets were off in terms of trying to compare this to anything. Yeah. Um, Speaking of unique rollouts. Yeah, Beyonce. (laughs) uh, She rolled out a new single on Saturday. Yeah. Formation, uh, which I guess we shouldn't be surprised that she dropped a new single the day before the Super Bowl. No. No.
2: But although it is. Like precedent-setting for an artist to perform a brand new song, like a song that is
1: a day old. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's one thing for like, you know, Bruce Springsteen to be like, "Oh, my new album's coming out in like a week. Let me play the new single that's been on the radio a month."
2: Like Coldplay played "Adventure of a Lifetime" on right. Sunday night. Yes, it's exactly like that where they squoze in their like new single. But people have had three months to enjoy it on the radio and know it are mildly familiar. My mom might not know it, but a lot of people do.
1: But Beyonce. Beyonce,
2: Being Beyonce
1: Mm -hmm. has the power to be like, and I think, I'm not sure if this would work if you played a set of just all new material. If she had been the headliner. And all she played was new music. Yes. That might be a little tricky.
2: Yes. Then again, who knows? It's Beyonce. She can do kind of anything. That's true, because she did kind of go on the VMAs and almost like just do a medley of her entire new album that wasn't even that much on the radio when she did the self titled album. But by that point, the album had been like eight months old. Yeah, people have had time to sit with it. This This, is a day. Yeah. This is one day. I think it's one of those things where
1: as you're, you know, we're we're kind of dovetailing this into the Super Bowl, but because they all kind of go hand in hand, the execution of this rollout. I feel like she, it could have been. She could have done anything she wanted to on the Super Bowl, but because the song kind of lended itself to kind of a uh, a group, uh, chanty, marchy vibe that kind of lends itself to sort of a weird, kind of like a cheerleading thing, which is, I know, not what they're going for. They're going for like kind of like echoing Black Panthers meets Michael Jackson movement, but when you're saying like we're gonna get into formation Yeah, that word and like, formation like ladies you know, we're gonna get it together. It's and like, as you
2: saw the video, I mean it's it's all it's a huge yeah. group dance number. It's yes. Like, like football players get into a formation. Yes. Like so I think And then it also has a political message, but yeah. yes. It's
1: it's a, I think it's a combo package and I think it works well where if you didn't know the song, you're like, I'm gonna go along with this because it's Beyonce and like a million dancers yeah. like dancing their butts off and they look mm-hmm. amazing and
2: she's just gonna sell this to me no yes. matter what it is. Um, and then all of a sudden, a dance office is happening, and you're no longer thinking about the. New I know song. you just get carried away by Bruno Mars and Beyonce, <laughs>
1: and Coldplay. You know, putting on a spectacular, spectacular show. Yes. Let's talk about the Grammys. Yes. Um, it's our Grammy uh, portion of the show. We will be there. with Less Bell. than one week. Goodness gracious! It's on a Monday this year, February fifteenth, President's Day, because. What other way to celebrate President's Day, than by hanging out with your favorite musical stars? <laughs> um, I'll be on the red carpet. Katie's going to be in the press room. Um, I'll be dressing up. Katie, will you? Yes. You will.
2: Yes, you have to. Oh, within reason, right? Like, in the press Yeah, I've actually, like, for previous jobs, I've been to the Oscars, and they require Ugh. you to wear a well, gown there. The Oscars, there. you have to full on. Yeah, no, I'll be wearing, like, a party dress. Okay. And then I plan to go to parties afterwards, too, so yeah. I'll have a party dress on. I'll be in a
1: suit. Woohoo. what performances are we most looking forward to on the show because we got Taylor Swift Adele
2: uh, Sam Hunt and Carrie Underwood Little Big Town the Hamilton cast We just learned su- on Super Bowl Sunday that Taylor Swift was performing because that had not been announced until Sunday They
1: were they were hold would, did they announce that during a commercial on the they, Super Bowl and Yeah
2: it was actually kind of weird like it was a commercial and it just it just basically threw her name in amidst and the Taylor already announced Swift. performers. No, it wasn't. It was an and Adele commercial. Like Adele was at the end and Taylor Swift was amidst all these other performers. And we're like, did huh. they just say Taylor Swift is performing? You're like, wait, and wait, they wait. We were all like set up at the laptops you know, Super Bowl Sunday. And so for me, I'm like 100% looking forward to that because it's actually been a little bit of quiet time for Taylor. We haven't heard from her in a little bit. And. And Grammy night seems to be shaping up to be a pretty big one for her. Yeah. So I just feel like she's going to do something really epic. Like she's had enough time to like really think this one out.
1: I wonder, is that going to be like an epic performance of what is it, what Wildest Dreams, I guess? I, that, wait, see, is yeah. that, is that, that's the. That...
2: Wildest Dreams is not of the, the most woods. recent one. Into out of the, the Woods. Out of the Woods. That's came, what I The meant. video came out at New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's what I meant to say was Out of the Woods. But I, yeah,
2: maybe. I don't know. She hasn't performed that anywhere on TV yet. So maybe. Hmm. Um, but then also Hamilton cast. I mean, I've only heard the soundtrack. I of course I'm not one of the lucky few who yeah. been to the New York production, and so to like get our first like really solid video look at at the Hamilton uh, production, I'm really excited about that.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm looking forward to Lady Gaga's David Bowie tribute. Oh yeah, which should be amazing. Now Rogers is the musical director for that. Um, I, I didn't realize that the Hollywood vampires were playing and they're actually a super group with Alice Cooper, Johnny Depp, and Joe Perry.
2: I didn't know they were playing either.
1: That's what Billboard.com <laughs> says. Uh, That's awesome. Yes. I think we should go over the top four categories on the show. Let's do it. And quickly determine who we think might win. So is this a should win or will win? Eh, we can do it both ways. Okay. We can be we can be we can fudge around a little bit. Um, this first category is the scariest, I think. Record of the year. Yes. Record of the year. Um, quickly, the nominees are "Really Love" by D'Angelo and the Vanguard, "Uptown Funk" by Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars, "Thinking Out Loud" by Ed Sheeran, "Blank Space" by Taylor Swift, and "Can't Feel My Face" by The Weekend. The uh, award. The uh, award. <laughs> the award goes to the artist and producer, as well as the engineers and mastering engineer. So. I'm going to go out
2: and just say Uptown Funk. That's what I was going to say, too. So I guess that we should just go with that. I'm going to go with that. I, I think- just think Thinking Out Loud, Blank Space, and Can't Feel My Face are just like such gigantic songs, too. They but are. Uptown Funk was its own special monster. I, thi- I think... I- yeah. You know, this is, is going to be hard. Watch Uptown Funk, Thinking Out Loud, Blank Space,
1: and Can't Feel My Face all cancel one another out in D'Angelo wins.
2: Right, exactly. Which could happen. Yeah, R&B voters come through hardcore. Lord.
1: <laughs> um, album of the year, uh, the nominees are Sound and Color by Alabama Shakes, To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar, Traveler by Chris Stapleton, 1989 by Taylor Swift, and Beauty Behind the Madness by The Weeknd. The award goes to the artist's, producer's. And uh, engineers and mastering engineers. So for pimp, to pimp, to pimp a butterfly by Kendrick Lamar, there's about twenty people nominated.
2: <laughs> right. For me, this is between 1989 and to pimp a butterfly. Like I kind of feel like those really? are the two directions. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I, I that's how I feel about it. I feel like I would not be surprised if either of those won. I would be I would be surprised if any of the other three won. I think I th- I I think I would like
1: to think it's 1989 that's going to get it. Because Taylor had such an enormous year, and even though we're caught up now in in sort of Adele mania, Mm -hmm. 2015 belonged to Taylor Swift and how she kind of, you know, before Adele's 25, reminded everyone yet again that an album is still going to be successful, Taylor did it with 1989. Yes, she did not sell 8 million copies, but she was like no i'm going to stick to my guns i'm going to make a pop album and i'm going to do it the way i want and we're going to sell it as an album and it's not a, you know i'm going to i'm going to take a stand about streaming and i'm going to and then i'm also going to have like a boatload of hit singles Yeah. and i'm going to go on this massive tour
2: and yeah, it would make sense if she won the counterpoint is that kendrick lamar's to pimp a butterfly crosses so many genres And like it's really jazzy. Like I can. It's hard to categorize that. Yes, Yes, it is a hip hop album. However, I feel like I feel like the voters who are you know music people like their musical geniuses are going to really appreciate an album like this and appreciate how crazy and diverse and complicated it is Complex.
1: this is the category that arcade fire did win a few years Uh, ago
2: what was it steely dan that beat kanye west for album of the year graduation year yeah like that's things crazy things happen yeah so just i mean just because you expect that
1: 1989 Mm -hmm. will win It doesn't mean it's going to
2: win. I just don't think To Pimp a Butterfly. I mean, he's the most nominated guy of the night, so I don't think that would be an upset or anything. I feel like that's why I kind of feel like To Pimp a Butterfly or 1989, anything else is an upset.
1: Uh, Moving on to Song of the Year. The nominees are All Right by Kendrick Lamar. Actually, I'm not going to read all the songwriters for this because it's a songwriters award. I'll just tell you what the titles are. You don't want to
2: call him Kendrick Duckworth? Kendrick Duckworth.
1: (laughs) And then a lot of other people, I'm going to screw up their names, and that's why I'm not going to do that. So All Right, uh, which is performed by Kendrick Lamar, Blank Space, performed by Taylor Swift, Girl Crush, performed by Little Big Town, See You Again, performed by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth, and Thinking Out Loud, performed by Ed Sheeran. Now, uh, the people that perform these songs are not necessarily the songwriters. For example, Little Big Town's Girl Crush was not written by anyone in the group. Um, But you have to judge these songs on their actual songwriting, you know, Skills.
2: I feel like I'm very confident in my selection on this one. Well, I think thinking out loud is going to win. You think so? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a way to give Ed
1: Sheeran a lot of love uh, as a songwriter. Yes, and also a big category because I don't think I don't think he's won any of the big four categories yet. Did he
2: he he didn't get best new artist then. I, I I don't think Let's, so. yeah okay we won't say that definitively. You're but not going to say we that definitively.
1: So. We don't have a laptop in front of us. I apologize.
2: I just feel like I feel like the Grammys love him. I feel like that's yes. a great song. It was a hit song, and I feel like if you really break this down to it just being a songwriting category, like that's like lyrically and musically just a really solid song. Yeah. So.
1: Well, there you go. I'll, 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 go, I'll go with you on that. <laughs> Did I sell you on it? Sure.
2: Um, and then finally, um, and this
1: is just, mind you, these are just four categories out of the dozens and dozens and yes. dozens of categories that the Grammys have. If you watch the Grammy Awards, which I assume that you will, they're only going to probably present about 10-ish categories actually on the air during the three-hour broadcast. Yeah. The other 70 categories or so are all presented in a pre-telecast before the show, which is why we both get there at the carpet at noon. At the crack of noon. At the crack of noon. (laughs) Because there's a whole bunch of awards they give out before they actually start their CBS broadcast. So these are considered the quote-unquote big four categories um, because they're traditionally um, the four biggest awards of the night. And the fourth one is Best New Artist. Uh, The nominees are Courtney Barnett, James Bay, Sam Hunt, Tori Kelly... And Megan Trainer. This is an interesting category. Do you want me to tell you my pick? You're going to pick Megan Trainer.
2: I'm not You're actually. Not. You're going to
1: pick Courtney Barnett. No. You're going to pick James Bay. Oh my God! I'm picking Tori Hunt. Kelly. Really? Yes. That would have that would have been. I I love Tori Kelly, but I just I I I thought because this is her. I believe it's her only nomination this year.
2: Oh, that's interesting. I, I kind was, of yeah. felt like
1: there wasn't a consensus support on her in multiple categories, whereas someone like. Um, Sam Hunt actually has nominations in other categories. Megan, I don't think, has any other nominations. But last year but she l- did. Yeah, this. It, yeah. It, it was a trick. She really should have been nominated last year, but she wasn't when All About she That She didn't have her
2: full album out yet. Yeah, so
1: it's kind of like a delayed delayed gratification nomination.
2: I think that will actually work against her.
1: Yeah, I think so. I probably. think
2: people, voters, or voters, will think that she's not new. It's like, oh mm, no. Yeah, I honestly think that that's going to work against her. But I see what you're saying, like, uh, Sam Hunt could really have the country support back yes. in, but I, I'm I'm going Tori Kelly.
1: <laughs> I just think it's going to happen. I think there's going to be um, a surprise in this category. Um, this it could be that year where Esperanza Spalding won over Justin Bieber. So who
2: is the surprise in your uh, mind? I think
1: it's either James Bay or Courtney Barnett. Interesting. Just to go out on a limb.
2: I, I mean, I think that you know. I think that musicians would appreciate James Bay and Courtney Barnett a lot, so I think you uh, are on something. All five of them are fabulous.
1: Yes, and we would be happy with any of any of these people winning. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know what time it is now? What time is it? It's time for our guest interview with Josh Groban. Yes, Grammy nominee. Woohoo! So, I mean, I before I stay my spiel, <laughs> I Katie and I both talked to him in person. We went to him. I have to say it was probably one of the most fun interviews we've done for the podcast.
2: He's just a great dude, just like super laid back, super smart, super funny. Yes, super. We, he, Keith and I really love Josh
1: Groban. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I I knew that he was going to be like fun, but it was it was a hoot. Yes. Um, it's fitting that we spoke to Josh backstage at his Stages Live concert movie event last week, as his new live album Stages Live was released on February fifth. And we actually spoke to him backstage at a uh, theatrical movie event, like a Fathom Live thing that they did where they screened his new Stages Live uh, concert, which you can buy on CD-DVD and CD-Blu-ray. And then before and afterwards, he did, a, he did a Q&A with an audience, like live, through the technology of the movie theater. And then between those Q&As, we talked to him backstage. Yes.
2: Um so he answered a lot of questions that night. Yeah, he did. He was he was in he
1: was in a lot of he was in question and answer mode. Um, we talked to him about his Grammy nomination, uh, where he's nominated for uh, best traditional pop vocal album for Stages, um, and we joked around a bit about what he thinks his chances are of taking home a trophy for the very first time. This is his third nomination, and he's somehow yet to win a Grammy.
2: Doesn't he just seem like he'd be a Grammy winner?
1: I I assume so, but strangely he is yet to win. Uh, we also fell down the rabbit hole a bit and had a lengthy chat about karaoke. Um, it's, it's actually quite entertaining. Uh, you know, we, we asked him about who he would want to go karaokeing with in the uh, rap album category. Yes. So of the rap album nominees, who would he want to go karaokeing with? You'll hear all about that. Plus, his, uh, he talked about his upcoming tour with Sarah McLaughlin and how he'll be hitting the Broadway stage later this year. So here is our interview with Josh Groban. Come with
0: me, and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Hello, Josh
1: Groban. Uh, Hello, Keith. Nice to see you. (laughs) Welcome to a very special Grammy preview edition of the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast.
0: It is so nice to be here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Truth be told, we're actually uh, backstage, so to speak, (laughs) at your Stages
0: Live uh QA slash yeah. movie event screening. Yeah. Um it's a fun uh fun night. We teamed up with uh, this company Fathom. They they are a wonderful company that that puts great music on big screens in movie theaters across the country. It gives you a chance to kind of see your labor of love and you know in a in a high def big screen with five point one sound. And uh and so we're doing a live Q and A tonight to yeah. kinda of beam across to, to people. So if we hear large explosions uh, yeah. in, in the background it's because uh, there's a Michael Bay movie going if on. You right.
1: hear, if you hear rumblings it's actually just Josh's voice booming <laughs> through the walls. <laughs> That's my indigestion. Next to you. Yeah. <laughs> You're a little hungry. That's right, I am. Yes, can't wait. There's, there's a fabulous platter of uh, vegetables over mm, there just waiting to be. A little crudité. A little crudité. Mm. Um, and this is also in support of the new live uh, CD slash DVD, yeah. CD slash Blu-ray, which is out on February fifth. Yes,
0: for uh, all you PS4 owners out there, yes. uh, <laughs> St- uh, yes. Stage is live. Yeah,
1: um, and there's, I think, some. I want to say there's like a bonus track or something, something exclusive to the album. I could be wrong. There might be some material that people haven't seen there's, in the CBS broadcast. Uh, yes, that there's see.
0: there's at least one song that w- didn't make it onto the under the under uh, the broadcast. Um, there's a lot of great behind the scenes stuff. Um, you know, whenever you put together something like this, it's you know it's 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 a great it's a it's a great thrill when you get when you can visualize the process from from the studio. I've I've grown up with these songs. These are songs that are meant, I think, to be live on stage. They're meant to have an audience reaction, and um, and we we had just a blast filming this at the it's this historic Los Angeles theater downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, we have so many great theaters here in Los Angeles. So many that I think people don't even really realize we have. Yeah. There's so many new ones that are built, but you know you go down into um, into some of the you know some of the um, the streets in downtown LA and and you walk through a front door an unassuming you know marquee and then you walk in and you see this 19 you know 20s 30s art deco masterpiece that we have in this in the city built by Charlie Chaplin um, there's a picture of Charlie Chaplin on the wall he took Einstein as his date to the opening night of that theater as you do as you do as yeah. one does yeah, yeah. sure so um, you know, so it's just some great history there. And just to kind of to play hometown, which was, this was the city I saw all these great shows in before I moved to New York.
1: Um, I was, as an aside, I saw Annie Lennox's um, show. She did a year ago, kind of the same thing where she recorded it in downtown, not at the oh, same theater. OK, it was a different theater. Was it the
0: Orpheum or was it? It might have been the Orpheum. Okay.
1: And it's the same thing that happens when you walk in. I mean, it's, yes, it's a great facade outside. Right. Yeah. And, marquee, And then you walk in, you're like. Oh my lord! Yeah, yeah. I've I need to get out more often. Right,
0: right. Well, it's it's true, and and, and now that that area of downtown LA is obviously so different now than it yeah. was then, um, that uh, you know you you walk into a place like that and you just you wish there are more shows there because right. it's just it's just so beautiful.
1: Well, now we have you uh, showing theater to the masses, and maybe <laughs> that can uh, make something happen. Maybe
0: we can make something happen there. We, we we got to know the people there
1: real well. Um, Katie. Yes. Uh, but full disclosure, because we're very casual on this podcast, Katie and I are sharing a microphone. Yes. So I'm gonna pass it over to Katie, who's
0: on the other side of the room. Not really. She's Take two feet away. away from me. Yeah. It's like the Talking Stone at camp. I mean, you, you know. You can
1: still hear me. I'm only a foot
2: away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the official pass. I appreciate I it. Love that. Yes. Well, I get to hold on <laughs> to one microphone.
0: <laughs> I feel. Honored, thank you.
2: <laughs> the live production that you're talking about is all around your album stages, which is nominated for best traditional pop vocal album at the Grammys. Yeah, so know. congratulations thank for you. that. Thank you. It yeah. is my third Grammy
0: nomination. It's nice to have a. It's nice to have a, a, an album that fits in a category. Um, whenever I've done an album of of basically just like the older songs that everybody knows, it fits into the the uh, criteria for what traditional pop vocal yeah. is. Um, which in in I think in the Grammy rules is like is great American songbook kind of songs, and so um, to have an album that fits in that um, is great. Normally I make albums that that are you know at least half original music, and because they kind of fall in between a, symph- oh. a more symphonic and pop world, um, you know pop vocal is going to be for the top 40 pop singers, and the opera and classical nominations are always for the the Met and things like that. So they're really especially since they've taken away so many categories, it's. Uh, yeah. I, when I get a nomination, I um I, I shout it from the rooftops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say a
1: category that you have been previously nominated does not exist. Anymore. It does not exist. Sure. Male
0: male pop vocal. Yeah, yeah, and it's just pop vocal now for just is male and female.
2: Well, and are you going to the show?
0: Uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah,
2: yeah I'm gonna and go. And have you picked out an outfit?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, I I I have not yet. No, I'm, I'm just wondering whether I should. You wasn't know, your first do fire. like the casual? Do the casual thing? Uh, jean shorts, I think is uh, shorts. <laughs> shorts. Yeah, 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 George. George. Uh leggings, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> A meat hat. A meat hat yeah. Sure. Yeah.
2: That would fit right in. <laughs> um and you're nominated alongside some pretty amazing performers yeah, too. Um including Tony Bennett and Barry yeah. Manilow. Yeah. And we uh we actually just had an interview with Barry oh, cool. where he said <laughs> that He's not betting on himself to win because uh, he always loses to Tony <laughs> Bennett,
0: specifically. <You> know, <laughs> so are you kind of feeling like you're in the same I category? Would ass- <laughs> I would assume that we're all in the same category. <laughs> I think for somebody of, of Barry Manilow's legend at this point, for him, for even him to say that, uh, really just goes to show just what a favorite Tony is always whenever he does something. It's such a masterpiece. Right. And, um, and uh, you know, of course... Uh, you know, the last time I was at the Grammys, I lost to Natalie Cole, and that was I was. I, and I came up to her afterwards. and I just said, "I just want you to know what an honor it was to lose to you." Oh, and wow. um, you know, anytime you're you're in a category with such greats that you that you admire, truly the the nomination is the win itself for me. I'm just I'm so happy to be to be in that list, and um, and look forward to giving Tony a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it would be a thrill to win, I would imagine. Of, oh, of course, it would be wonderful. It'd be wonderful. But I'm but I'm in, I'm in Barry's camp, which is that you know, when, whenever you you know, whenever you're in a in a in a category that he has, I think, historically won every single time he's um, been in it.
1: He's been nominated 14 times and he's won 12 out of those okay, 14. Okay, so I, okay, all right, okay, all right. Close. It's, it's like
0: uh, it's Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance?
1: Yeah. Um... So happy the voices came out. John. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Me <laughs> too. <laughs> I was hoping for him. Thank you. Bring him home. Bring him home. Um. You know, uh, I, I've read that you're a big karaoke fan. So to, yes. keep, so to keep this in, as a
0: listener, not I, as a not as a singer, I um, I just I go in. I I say how much how much for room B? <laughs> Who's in there right now? Can I go in? You know, when I do when I do karaoke, I I can't do it in front of a
1: crowd. No. I have to get like a small private. room. No, I have room. to get the private room. I don't. No, well, all, you do. Hell because breaks loose. You're Josh Groban. Give me that microphone. Yeah. Um, uh, and I've, I, I, I've, I saw the Grammy uh, uh, chat that you did the other day where you talked about how oh, yeah. your go-to is November Rain. That's right, yes. Um, I think one of my go-tos is uh, uh, White Snake's
0: uh, Here I oh, Go Again. Oh, Here I Go Again on my own. Yeah, yeah sure. That's a great one. Is I, that? don't sound like David Coverdale at all. It's rangy, that song. <laughs> that song's rangy. You've got such kind of a booming... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to <clears throat> Usually, she's pipes. my Tawny
1: Catane. Yeah, or, right. Or yeah.
0: do you just take it down an octave?
1: I, yeah, I, yeah. Here I go again on On my my
0: own. (laughs) Going down the snow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. You got to know.
1: (laughs) There you go. It's in karaoke when you realize at the end of the song, when you realize, boy, they repeat the chorus a whole lot, don't they?
0: When you've said, Here I go again for the fourth time. It's true. And and the thing that makes you realize that, I think, is. is that the visuals behind the lyrics are <laughs> yeah. so odd right. that you just you wind up getting very inside yourself about like you will be singing here I go again on my own it'll be like a trolley from San Francisco right. like battling going down. brook. yep and all of a mm-hmm. sudden a giraffe drinking out of a pond course. like it's it's just it's just the oddest things behind you and you just kind of like huh yeah mm. this this chorus is uh, it goes on forever yeah. and then the, then you're done with the song and you're expecting you know for me usually when i finish a song i'm used to applause but then you turn around and everybody nobody ever cares about Karaoke, unless they're the one up there. Yeah. Right. So, so, what happens is when you're singing, everybody else is flipping through the book. Uh-huh. What's my next <laughs> song going to be? Yeah. Yes. Which is why, no matter who's singing, I like to pick up the tambourine and I like to, I like to help out. I support. I, yeah. support, I like to support. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, You had also said, I think, that you perhaps like to do a rap song. Maybe. You
0: you do enjoy the hip-hop. Uh, every now and then. Yeah, as long as the words are on there. I never remember any of the lyrics. I'm not so, asking yeah. you to sing anything. Oh, Don't worry. God. Oh, God.
1: I, the, the look oh, on your face was like oh, sheer God. terror. You're <laughs> like, are you going to ask me to do Nicki Minaj? <laughs> yeah. No. But we thought it'd be fun to ask you mm. if you had to go to do karaoke mm-hmm. with one of the best rap album nominees this year. Oh. Who would it be? And I'll tell you who the nominees are. Oh, okay. They are Jake Hole. Okay. Dr. Dre. Yeah. Drake. Mm. Kendrick Lamar or Nicki Minaj oh, who would you man. want to karaoke with out of those five oh, folks oh man
0: well I love I just I, I love the uh, the um, I'm just get deep here the multidimensional uh, cross pollination of genres that Kendrick, Kendrick really uh, uh, tackled on this record so okay. just uh, w- what a delight that would be to, uh, to sing uh, to rap to uh, any of those uh, background tracks um, and you wouldn't
1: necessarily have to do his songs. It would just be hanging out with him and like doing karaoke, like you know.
0: Oh my gosh! So it's just like so I could just hang with Kendrick and and sing and th- sing uh, Queen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Drake could be fun too because he also sings. So we yeah, could we could go. we could you know we could kind of we could do that. Nicki too, she sings and. Uh, oh yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. that's right. Many of them do too. Um, that's a that's a great. Uh, list of people in that category this year it's, a, it's, a, it's Jake a pretty j st- is pretty amazing too
1: I hear those Grammy folks they pick some pretty cool nominees every now and then yeah Yeah.
0: every so yeah, often. they have their moments you raise me up to walk on stormy seas
2: and a couple of weeks after the Grammys you're going to be heading back out on tour yes and it's a long one you're going to be it on is. tour till August this forever yes uh, <laughs> so um, how will the show compare to what audiences might have seen last year
0: um, well, we're, gonna be, we're going to be going to a lot of uh, countries we didn't get to hit mm-hmm. on the last trek. So we're going to be visiting a lot, of, um, a lot of countries in Europe. We're going to be going to Australia, New Zealand. We're going to be going to South Africa. Um, and so um, for the countries that haven't seen the stages show yet... Um, I feel like we owe it to them, especially with all that they've seen from the, the TV special and all that. Um, not to change it up too much, we right. want to bring this show to them because I think they're waiting for it, and we want to do that. But um, but then we're going to the dancers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, with but with added dancers. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, it's just going to be me with a bunch of fake legs, and uh, yeah. Um, but, but over the summer, we're going to do uh, a different kind of show. And I'm going to go out on the road with Sarah McLaughlin. She's going to come join us as a special guest. And, um, and we're going it's going to be some of the songs from stages, but it's going to be some of the other stuff from my previous albums. And, um, and uh, hopefully I can convince Sarah to, to sing a song or two with me.
1: How, how, I was going to say, how did the, the Sarah hookup happen? Are you guys friends? Have you been well, yeah, friends we've been
0: friends. And, and, and she has been you know so kind to me throughout my career. I've been a fan of hers. I've um, gone to see her in concert many times. Um, she was nice enough when when Live 8 was happening in 2005 uh, in Philadelphia. She invited me to to sing Angel with her on stage mm. for I think there was a million people out there that just, that you know, day. No was, Yeah, I stopped um, counting after the first 560,000. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it really a, one of my favorite on stage memories was doing that with her. And um, you know it was it was pretty much a bucket list thing of like okay, well um, if you could ask anybody to come and join you on this on this tour, you know what do you think? And I just said to myself, well, gosh, if Sarah might want to do it. We'd have a lot of fun and it'd be great and um, our audiences, our fan bases both would have a great time and give us a chance to blend our voices again and so um, just so delighted she said she said yes to it and um, we're going to have a good good summer.
1: Um, I think the tour ends at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles. It does. Which I think that's where your first tour in 2004 ended it did. as
0: well. Yes, that's right. So the Greek uh, it clearly, is something kind of special to you. Well, it is. I grew up in Los Angeles. This is a hometown for me, and I grew up seeing shows at the Greek, and um, and we chose it as the location for uh, my second um, DVD, uh, my second TV special was live at, called Live at the Greek, and uh, and it's just it's one of my favorite places to see music. Um, and on stage, it's acoustically great. The Hollywood Bowl is great too. I love seeing music at the Hollywood Bowl. Being on stage, it's a little bit of an echo chamber. You get you don't get a lot of uh, sound back fr- mm. from the from the stage of the bowl hmm. um, as, as thrilling as that venue is to play um, I find that the Greek is a little more intimate and it's a little bit you get a little bit more back when you're on the stage as well so huh. we're doing a couple nights at the Greek
1: interesting um,
0: and then uh, after all this because
1: the, the tour ends in August mm-hmm. a month later you're going to be on Broadway yes um, which yeah. is
0: just enough time for a massage and then <laughs> right. right into rehearsals um, yes. Natasha
1: Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 will That's start right. in September it will um how in the world are you going to have time for rehearsals for the show? I'm rehearsing now.
0: Okay. I'm in rehearsals wow. now. Uh, I've, I, in my time off, I'm um, meeting with the director, and I'm co- in constant contact with the MD, um, the doctor, not the music director. I was going to say uh, MD yeah, the yeah. director. <laughs> Need those oxygen hits. Um, I, and, and just been learning, just diving into the score. I've been having to really rehearse um, the accordion quite a bit because my character Pierre plays accordion. Throughout a lot of the show,
1: how many instruments do you play? Because you play a lot, don't you? Uh,
0: in the in the show, no, or I mean, just, in just general. You in general? Oh, in general, uh, basically keyed instruments. Uh, you okay. know, piano, accordion, guitar, uh, guitar, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I play the drums too. I love to play the drums, um, and I have. Uh, there was a time where I really was trying to learn how to play the bagpipe, but um, I think I annoyed. I annoyed enough people. Anyone that a, lives a, a, near you, near me, yeah. uh, it's it, it, it's kind of like the violin where it's like when you're a master, it's just gorgeous. But when there's that that awkward learning period, you just anybody within a 500 foot radius uh, hates you. Um. So uh, you know, I I want to say before
1: we go, uh, before we actually started recording the podcast, Josh said that he actually had listened to an episode of the <laughs> Pop Shop podcast. Why does previously. that Why
0: does that surprise you? You're Billboard
1: man. It, it,
0: even listen sometimes, oh you know? well, you know.
1: <laughs> so we 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 were uh, thrilled and uh, flabbergasted. Oh
0: my gosh! So, well, do so, you know do you know why I listened? Uh, w- because I can't read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, we you lear- yeah, we learn yeah, 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 News, yeah, scoop. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a headline tonight on <laughs> Billboard.com. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, well, thank you so much, sir. This has been lovely. It's the pleasure has been mine. Thank, thank, you guys thank you for coming back here. Questions
2: Grammys. Thank
0: you very much. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> we'll see you there. Alrighty. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you i did for love what i did for love.
1: thanks again to the fabulous josh groban
2: pop shop listener josh groban yes my
1: <laughs> god that was just flabbergasting
2: he'd actually heard the show
1: before uh, That's really great i just i've <laughs> Even though this thing has been going on for more than two years, it was still... Still surprised
2: that somebody's still listening. Still surprised. <laughs> we that... appreciate you being out there and listening, including Josh Groban. <laughs> Thanks, Josh.
1: <laughs> thank, thank, you for the, thank you for the listener love. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's time now for the Charts Dad of the Week.
0: <laughs> um,
1: this is a fun one. It, it almost writes itself. In fact, it will write itself. Um, This week in 1985, Madonna's Like a Virgin hit number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart. Uh, The album actually hit number one on February 9th, 1985, and spent three weeks at number one on the Billboard 200. It was her first of so far eight number one albums on the Billboard 200 chart. Its title track actually hit number one on the Hot 100 in December, before that. Um, But, you know, the album then followed suit and hit number one as, like, Madonna Mania was kicking into high gear in 1985 with songs like Material Girl and, you know, Dress You Up and, you know. The classics. The classics. Every every album of hers is full of Madonna classics. It's true. Um, I always think it's fun to talk about how later on in Madonna's career she had a series of number two albums. Oh, man. This is. I, it's, it's, two is just the loneliest number sometimes. <laughs> um, so she's had yes eight number one albums, but she's also had one, two, three, four, five, six
2: number two that's albums. That's
1: crazy, isn't it crazy? Yes. So she's hit number two,
2: and I mean that's just as elite. Obviously, number two albums are insane well, too. Almost, but, wow. But you're not number one. Yeah. <laughs> Except for those number one. Except,
1: except for that thing in front of you where you're not number one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's hit number one eight times, including with uh, Like a Virgin, which is uh, the reason behind our chart set of the week. But um, this is my opportunity to say what albums hit number two.
2: Uh, well, I know the most recent one did Rebel Heart. Rebel Heart. Indeed. <laughs> it was after the Empire um, soundtrack. I'll just tell you what they are instead okay. of having you guess. Tell. Uh, before that, we had Ray of Light. At
1: number two, it was uh, stuck behind the Titanic soundtrack. Oh, wow. Well. You know, you're going to be stuck by any behind anything. How about the, uh, the Titanic soundtrack? Uh, the Evita soundtrack. It was behind No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom. Oh, wow. I believe. Um, Erotica, number two. And I think it was behind a Garth Brooks album. Oh, wow. Time. Okay. And this is where it starts to get fuzzy. I don't <laughs> remember because I don't have them in front of me. This All this was just from memory. Okay. Because it's yeah, Madonna. This does not surprise yeah. me. Uh, the Immaculate <laughs> Collection peaked at number two. I think it was behind, like either I think Vanilla Ice, I think okay, uh, to the extreme, and then before that, I'm Breathless, uh, music from Dick, Dick Tracy. Tracy, okay, and I think that was behind MC Hammer. So two of them, them were soundtracks, it. okay. Yeah, and then the Immaculate Collection, which I it's think is the greatest hits greatest album, greatest hits album. But you know, Ray of Light was so big; yeah. I had such a huge sales, but weekend. Titanic, Titanic, that's the problem. But Titanic, yes. Um, so there you go. The chart set of the week this week was about Madonna hitting number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart for the very first time, for the very first time, <laughs> with Like a Virgin back in 1985. Woo! <laughs> man, this was a long show. Loaded
2: up episode. We did not intend on making it this long, but... It's a big pop culture week, to say the very it's a, least. It's a big
1: week. The Super yes. Bowl, Zayn, Rihanna... Grammys. So much Beyonce, Beyonce to us. Yep. <laughs> there's been a lot of stuff. Yes. Woo. Well, um goodness gracious, what should we uh, considering all the things we just talked about? What should oh we Oh my go god, out there's on? a
2: million things we could go out on. Um, uh, I, how about formation though?
1: Yeah, th- I think that would be appropriate. I think so too. All right, this is uh, Beyonce's formation and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.
2: Okay. okay.